Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Greetings, my friends around the world. Welcome to episode 96 of the Sample Chapter Podcast. Hey, this week we are sitting down with mystery suspense author Nora Wolfenbarger. Her debut book, The Promise, just came out a little over a month ago, maybe two months ago, and it is a riveting and very entertaining book, and I'm, I'm very happy to say that she is, she's not only written a great book, but she's also a friend of mine. She's a member of a um, local writing group that I'm a part of, so getting to sit down and chat with her with the show was extremely fun and uh, very informative, I find out. <laughs> Learned some things I didn't know before. So stay tuned for that. It's coming up here in just a moment. You don't want to miss out. It's a, it's a great interview. So yeah, hey, uh, welcome back, everybody. This is episode 96. We did take about a week there of uh, just kind of just kind of taking a breath. I, I kind of needed the break. Uh, it was unintentional. It wasn't something I planned on. I would have said something ahead of time, but, uh, you know, I just, I, I found myself in a position of not being ready, not having things prepared, not having this episode prepared, you know, in a way that I wanted to have it ready. So, you know, I just ended up taking the time off and, uh, gosh, it's just been so busy with work and preparing for the holidays. And, you know, I did have some time off for my, for my knee surgery and uh, then it was my birthday last weekend, so it's just been kind of absolutely crazy here lately. And you know, now we got Thanksgiving coming up here in a couple of days. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm still still shooting for episode 100 to come out on uh, December 10th. If anything changes, I will make sure to let everybody know. But it's coming quick, and uh, man, there's a lot of great things going on. Contests are going on right now as we speak and uh yeah you know the the buttons and uh signups and all that kind of stuff i worked so hard on none of it worked out <laughs> so i'm just making it nice and easy you can email me at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com and just let me know hey i want in on the contest maybe you don't have a specific thing that you want to sign up for uh, but the prizes are a 15 dollar amazon gift card a $15 iTunes gift card, so you can use either one of those to go pick up some books that you're interested in, um, or, you know, music, but you know what, this is a this is a book show. Go get yourself a new book, you know, listen to this author today, and go pick up her book. <laughs> I also have the multi-device, it is the Logitech K480 Bluetooth wireless keyboard. I've talked about it here on the show before, and I love it so much, I'm going to I'm going to add one of those to the giveaway, so if you're interested in that, let me know that that's what you're interested in. And also, my friends over at Scrivener, they're so incredible. They are also giving away a copy, not not just one copy, but two copies of Scrivener. One for Windows and one for Mac, and these are going to upgrade to the uh, Scrivener 3 when it's available. So, if you want to sign up for that, if you've never tried Scrivener before and you're interested Make sure that you uh, let me know you're interested in signing up for for that because that's all going underway now. You can also go to our Facebook or Twitter page, find the uh, the pin posts there and uh, share that. Let me know in your, you know, whenever you share that post, let me know what 
you're interested in winning or maybe you're interested in all of it. Just say like, oh, I want all of the prizes. <laughs> there, there will be only one prize awarded per person. So you can't win all of it. But and each one of these prizes will be going out to uh, one person each. So uh, you, know, you, can't, you can't win if you don't sign up. So get on over there and do that. And I'm giving you a bonus chance if you... If you mention who your favorite author was so far, you know, your favorite author uh, or favorite episode so far, if you mention that in your post and maybe tag that author to let them know that, that uh, you heard them, then I'm going to give you a bonus. Put your name in there a second time for that as well. So there you have it. Get on over to Twitter or Facebook. Let me know that you want in there or just send me, shoot me an email and say, hey, I want in on the contest. So as for my writing, uh, you know, having that week. Uh, the extra week at home after my surgery, I did get a ton of writing done. I finished book one of the Bandit series. That was great. I, oh my gosh, it was so, so much fun to reach that. I, I wrote, oh my gosh, almost 5,000. It was over 4,500 words in like one afternoon. I just, you know, it was the end of the story. I knew this was the ending and it just kept pouring out of me. And I just kept going. I kept going until it was finished. And that was, that was amazing. Such an amazing feeling. It's you know, only my third book now that I've ever written. Uh, my second one is still being edited. And now here we are. First book in my sci-fi series is done. I did go to work the next morning on my, on my next book, book two of the Bandit series. And currently I'm sitting around 10,000 words into that. For NaNoWriMo for the month, I'm closing in on 40,000. Uh, getting towards the end of the month here, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I it just like I said, it's been so busy, and now I've been making some time to edit again some of these shows, and I don't have the kind of time I used to have. So writing with Dan Rimmel has been a little more, it, it, things have been a little more time consuming, and so finding the time to write has been a little more iffy here the last few days. So my writing, my writing has not uh, has my writing has definitely suffered. So, but you know what? I'm okay. If if I don't hit the fifty thousand, that's all right, because uh, I still finished the one book and I've got a great start so far on book two. I'm gonna just keep on pushing through it, and um, you know, hopefully, hopefully you're doing well. If you've already finished your fifty thousand word novel for the month, and congratulations. If you haven't finished yet, if you're still working on it, you know, keep at it. Don't give up. Don't be down on yourself if you don't reach the fifty thousand. It's no big deal, really. Uh, you know, because at the end of November, just look back at what you've accomplished so far. If all you wrote was a couple thousand words, you know, or not even that much, it's still more than what you had at the start of the month. So be proud of yourself. I am. I'm proud of you. Take what you've got and uh, go go with it from there. See what you can come up with and just keep going. Don't Don't stop now. Keep going and finish that book. Well, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time uh, today. I want to get us on over to the interview here really quick. So I want to make sure and say thank you so much to our sponsors of the show, You Store All, who've been with us from the very beginning. If you are in the market, uh, if you're looking to store things, uh, you know, the, the winter is almost here. So if you're needing to store something for this for the winter, maybe you got a classic car, maybe you got a whole bunch of things you need to get out of the garage so that uh, you can get the car in before it starts snowing. Get a hold of you store all. Get on over to their website at ustoreall.net and check out everything they have to offer. There's two facilities in the Warrensburg, Missouri area. Uh, both of them are fully fenced in. 
gated access with your own private gate code, more than 60 cameras recording 24 hours a day, and it's well lit all night long with LED lighting, all powered by solar power. So it's a very clean and green facility. A wonderful military discount, 10% off uh, your, your monthly rate. And just, you know, they're just constantly coming up with new ways to to take care of their customers. So check them out online at ustoral.net. That is the letter U-S-T-O-R-A-L-L dot net. And, of course, Scribner. I mean, what can I say? Uh, you know, they've been fantastic. I absolutely love having them not only as a sponsor, but as my favorite writing software. I use them daily. And, uh, oh, my gosh, just to, to have a sponsor uh, like you, Storall and Scrivener, who both have donated towards the episode 100 giveaway you know it is just amazing and here we are with scrivener giving away not just like i said not just one copy but two copies one for mac and one for pc uh so you know <laughs> what more can i say that they're incredible get on over and check them out online you can do a trial of scrivener download it try it out for 30 days see what you think and then uh go from there if you use coupon code chapter you get yourself a discount on your purchase of the regular version of the uh, of Scribner. But of course, we also have this special giveaway going on. So let me know if you're interested. And uh, who knows, you could win yourself a free copy of it. So <laughs> make sure you click the links in the show notes so that way you can learn more about it. As I said at the top of the show, our guest this week is a, is a friend of mine from our local writing group, Nora Wolfenbarger. Her debut book, The Promise, is a uh, murder mystery came out about a month or two ago and oh my gosh she is just blowing it up uh she's having a lot of success with it lots of great reviews and people are just loving this book I, I swear every time i look online on social media there's nora posing with more people who are just gathered around her booth somewhere that she's been selling the book and people are eating it up it's it's doing really really well and i'm, I'm so proud of her we talk about how she wrote for many years in different uh, genres before finding her her voice in uh, the, in the murder mystery suspense category. How that uh, kind of uh, is what uh, led to the promise, and uh, what happened behind that was essentially she wrote read a book. <laughs> you know, she read a book one day that just kind of was like, "Wow, I like this book. I want to write like that." She's also a big supporter of libraries and how they support people uh, who are less fortunate maybe they can't afford to purchase a book so she she works with libraries to get her books and other authors as well she'll go to libraries all over the place and request an author's book so that way they can add it to their library so that, that way people can come in and uh, read that book uh, you know, she, she's a very hard-working professional uh, not just author but uh, professional promoter of other people and uh, and uh, those less fortunate. We also give a big shout out to a friend of ours, Brendan Minkler, who came up with uh, the cover of her book, as well as my second book that's still still pending <laughs> release date. Uh, so you know we wanted to make sure and give a shout out to him. Uh, but just lots of great stuff going on. It's a fantastic conversation and one I can't wait to get you on over to. So so you know what? Why don't we just get on over to that? Uh, right after a word from our sponsor Scribner, we're going to hear that interview with 
Nora Wolfenberger. Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. Now, I know you've heard about Scrivener because their writing software has been embraced by hundreds of thousands of other writers like you and I, from the novice to best-selling novelists. The reason we all use it is because of Scrivener's core concept to bring all the writing tools you use together in a single application. And with tools like automatic backup, character maps, project goals, and let's not forget that amazing corkboard, you can see why I use Scrivener every day. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener Writing Software, built by writers for writers. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sample Chapter Podcast. Jason here, back after a little bit of a break. Um, I am very excited because this week I'm getting a chance to sit down once again with another one of my uh, writing club friends, Nora Wolfenbarger. She's got her first book, The Promise, that just came out a couple weeks ago, and uh, I'm I'm just so excited. Nora, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. One of the things I've really come to love about doing this show is that not only do I get to talk to authors around the world, but also get to talk to my friends from their group and get to know more about them That because we'll get together at, at the club and we'll read samples from our books or what we're working on. But I never really get to hear a whole lot of behind the scenes and what was the thought process to it. So I'm really looking forward to to this with you and, and the promise. And congratulations on the first book. Thank you very much. It's been, it's been a journey. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a rewarding journey. I'm very happy with the results. Absolutely. Well, I've been having a lot of fun watching you online on Facebook and on Twitter with all your posts and, and uh, events that you're doing everywhere. And it, it just seems seems like you're doing really well, and I couldn't be happier for you. Well, it's it's really exciting. I've been um, just so surprised, pleasantly surprised at the response to the story and, you know, the book clubs that are interested now and libraries now are beginning to add it to their collection. And it's just it's just a wonderful experience. And I just keep thinking of all the different places that I want the book to be. Yesterday, I talked to a representative from John Knox Village, and uh, they are wanting me to come and, and talk to those folks. And so I've been thinking now about doing an audiobook. So so that's the next thing on my list is to try an audiobook. <laughs> That'd be great. Well, let the audience know a little bit about yourself, like who 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 you are and what do you what do you do? Well, I am retired. Uh, I worked uh, in the uh, inventory management for many, many years uh, in the uh, administration world and retired eight years ago. And at that time, I thought, well, I didn't want my mind to just dry up. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'm just I love to read and I, I was reading constantly. And I thought, well, I'm just going to try my hand at writing. My husband and I live on a farm, and he's also retired. We have cattle, and, and we have dogs and cats and things like that. So uh, I'm just a country girl at heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have four grandchildren, and uh, my grandchildren have been, I think, my most pleasant surprise is that they have loved the book, and <laughs> they just they are my best representatives. They just talk about it to everyone, and they really have fun with it. <laughs> That's so. great. Well, have you always been interested in writing, or has this always been a hobby of yours? No. 
No, uh, it was almost like a challenge to myself. Really? Uh, I just, I thought, I love to read, and I just thought, this is something I haven't done. I want to try something different now that I'm out of the business world, and I, I want to try something different. So I, I set out to write a story. My husband is a Vietnam vet, mm. and he has post-traumatic stress disorder. And I set out to write the story about the effect of that on a family. But I haven't done, I haven't been able to complete that yet. Mm. Um, I still have that as a goal. So that's what I set out to write. And then I wrote two fantasies. Mm. And uh, those are done, but they're not published because I call them my um, stepping stones. I was learning how to write. Mm-hmm. Then I decided that I would write, I love to read Mystery Suspense. So I decided to try that. And I think that's my groove. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when when I remember you writing your your stories with the butterflies and the spirits <laughs> and all that, and then all of a sudden you bring in this murder mystery one day, and it was such a shift. But at the same time, your writing completely changed, and it really came alive. I, I, I remember uh, talking with a few of the others, like, "Wow, this is really something." It's how that how that happened. Do you think you'll go back to the uh, the fantasy story sometime? Well, my husband says I, I should, mm-hmm. that I should, especially the one. There's one that I really, really liked. But I, I need to go back and fix all the problems with it, and I might do that. But I, I love the suspense, and this is a series, so I need to complete the series, however many that will be. <laughs> <laughs> but I've started the second one already, and it's uh, it's about a third of the way done, maybe mm-hmm. a little more. So that I think I'll stick with the mystery suspense for a while. Well, yeah, yeah. Strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it does seem to have generated a lot of interest. And, you know, people ask me, well, why did you write about uh, a serial killer that is killing organ transplant survivors? And my response is that I wanted the story to be different. And it doesn't have anything to do with anyone that I know or anything that has happened to me or anything like that. But I want I w- started looking for what is something that no one has done. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, I don't remember ever reading about a serial <laughs> killer that, that that killed some some people like this. So so I started out with that idea and then yeah. went from there. Well, let, well, let's talk about that then. So that is that is the the promise, the book that you wrote. What what is the um, I mean, that, that is what the story is about, is about a serial killer killing um, that. And that's how you came up with the idea then? Or is it, or is there something else that inspired it? Um, well, I knew I wanted to write a mystery suspense. Mm-hmm. And in that, you usually have a killer, a serial killer maybe. And so I just, I built that idea around mm-hmm. that. Well, then I thought, well, the story has to have a moral. And the moral in the, in the story in my opinion, is that anyone can do good. Anyone can do what's right. Mm. In fact, there's a line in the story where the main character says, anyone can do what's right. And that's really the the moral of the story, is anyone can do what's right. Well, choosing to do what's right is based on a young boy who made a promise to his grandfather on his deathbed Mm. and how he carries out that promise Mm -hmm. as an adult. And as an adult, the main character is a homicide detective. 
But behind the scenes, he's a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. And he establishes a, a shelter for abused women. And he has a group of ladies that help him behind the scenes, and they're called the Blackbirds. And he is always doing something unusual for someone who is um, underprivileged or handicapped or abused or something like that. And so the story, the promise is carried out through the whole book, mm -hmm. what the promise is, which you'll learn right away, and then how he executes that. Okay. So. All right. <laughs> well, it sounds amazing. And like I said, the response seems to be extremely positive. And uh, I do want to give a special shout out, too, because we have something in common in that my newest book that is not out yet, but and then your first book, we both have uh, the same cover artist, uh, Brendan Megler. Oh, yes. Uh, so, Brendan, uh, you did a great cover for yours, and then uh, mine's coming soon. So, yeah, that was that was really cool too. Uh, yeah, actually, um, I had a big poster made of the cover, and when I am doing book signings, that is one of the things that attracts people mm -hmm. is the cover. They like the colors, but they like just the picture and the and that it's so simple. Mm -hmm. It it clearly it just draws them to the book. Right. And once they get close enough closer, <laughs> then you know I can sell them the book. Yeah, yeah. And of course listeners are going to be able to see the cover uh if you go to the website or if you're listening to this on YouTube, then you see the cover right there in front of us. It's really intriguing and, and raises your curiosity of what is going on with this this bird in the hand and uh, is that is that blood in the hand? And it's, it really gets your curiosity to want to know what's going on. Uh, so, yeah, Brendan, thank you so much for that cover and, uh, of course, for mine uh, once that comes out. Well, one of the interesting things that uh, in talking with folks that have read the book, uh, so far I have not had one person say that they knew who the killer was oh, until they got great. to the very end. So, <laughs> that's great. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, I remember um, – in, uh, in Running Club, and you would bring in portions of it. We're always trying to figure out what's coming next or who's doing what or who is the killer or whatever. And, and uh, everybody in the group, and you especially, have been very good about, nope, not going to give that away yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to read the books for that. What can you tell people, now that you've published a book and you've gotten that experience under your belt, you're working on your second one, what can you tell a uh, advice would you have for a new author still trying to get that first one done? What, what would you say to somebody like that? I would say if you're in the process of writing, you don't have it finished, just write something every day, even if it's just one sentence. Write something every day. Keeps you your mind focused on the story. Sometimes you will find that just a line or two will excite you. We'll say, oh, I like that. And you'll write two or three. Pretty soon, you, you're moving the book along. Once you have it finished, the biggest, the greatest advice I can give is to have it edited. Hire an editor if you have to. But to get an editor who understands writing, understands the business of creating a book and a story, and have that book edited probably two or three times. Mm -hmm. But I went through the, I had it, I went through my book at least six times before I published it. Mm -hmm. The editor went through it twice, and then I had several other beta readers that went through it. But but I would, my best advice is just keep writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and the editing is a good idea because we we become blind to what we've written after reading it so many times. I know, like for me, I just I think I'd been over it ten or fifteen times, and I just said, "That's it, I'm done." I hit publish, and then promptly my wife was looking at it, going, "What did you do? This this is terrible. Why did you publish this already?" <laughs> so yeah, fortunately, Amazon allows you to fix that. So I was doing a lot of fixes for first few weeks, but. Uh, yeah, good advice. Well, your book is really good. I've enjoyed reading it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, I give all credit to my wife for the editing and uh, helping out with that. I give credit to my husband in my story. I, I like to put odd things in my story, animals or cars or trucks or tractors or something like that. Mm -hmm. And my husband, he's a car enthusiast, so he has helped me develop the character of the car. Oh, okay. And... Um, so there's a Studebaker in this one. Um, my new book has a tractor <laughs> <laughs> in it that is kind of interesting. So uh, I just like to give the story a little different twist, you know, yeah. something that you might not think of every day. Yeah. So. Well, what, what do you think it was? It was like, like we said, you had been writing these fantasies that were magical and, uh, and very lovely. And then you totally changed gears and came in one day uh, to writing group with the promise and what you were working on. What do you think it was that was that turning point for you that that changed? Well, I think two things happened. I had uh, entered several contests with my other books and I wasn't getting positive response. And I had uh, at that time I was seeking the traditional publishing route and I was, I got, someone to look at it, but then it didn't go any further. So I felt like, well, this just isn't maybe what I should be doing. Well, then I read a book and I loved the book so much. And I thought, oh, I want to write like that. <laughs> and so I decided I would try it. Oh, and that's, okay. that's kind of what moved me in that direction. <laughs> well, that's great. I'm glad you followed through with that because that, uh, like I said, several of us could see there was a difference in you, the way you talked about this compared to your fantasy, and not that it was bad at all, but there was definitely something in your eyes and something about the way you spoke and, and, and carried yourself with, with this book. And it's like you found your groove. Yeah. You found what you were meant to write. Mm -hmm. I, I, I had this sense of confidence that I had yes. not had before. And I think, you know, they say write what you know. Well, of course, I don't know anything about murder, but <laughs> I do know what I like to read. Mm -hmm. And so I've kind of decided, well, maybe I love those kinds of books. So why not try that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it did it. And I think it was the right point in my learning process that I had learned how to put a story together, learned how to uh, write better mm. grammatically and all those other things that you have to do and creating the characters were, was so much easier so again I think it was had to do with so much of what I like to read now I like a good fantasy too mm -hmm. but writing one is not <laughs> not my strength I can see it now <laughs> after eight years <laughs> well I think that was something inspiring too that you and I both have the same experience that we wrote for, for many years before our first books came out. And it was frustrating at times. It was, it was uh, you know, wondering, is this going to happen? Is this going to take place? 
until we finally struck on that that right feeling, the right story, and and then it all came together. And I think that was it was something inspiring that we didn't give up. And having the writing group supporting us and being able to rely on each other was something that I know helped me a lot as well. And uh, I, I think that was something inspiring about your book is that you didn't give up. And uh, I think that would be important for people to know, too, is sometimes we have to do all the other writing, the years of writing before we finally get to that that one book that uh, is going to turn the corner and, and get going. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, there are very few writers or authors, I should say, very few authors that the first book that they write is a bestseller. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just almost unheard of. Yeah. There are a few, of course, and congratulations to them. But the rest of us have to, you know, find our way. We have to pound the keys. We have to. <laughs> but I, the best, another bit of advice that I would give is to find a good, strong writing group. Mm-hmm. Without the writing group that, that we're a part of, uh, I don't think I would have been nearly as successful. I agree with with that for myself, yeah. yeah. And there are a lot of writing groups out there that are different than ours. You know, I've attended three or four different ones, and this one is the best. It's It just fits us, fits mm-hmm. me anyway. And there's such a variety of writing techniques and writing um, genres, diff- all kinds of different people. Mm-hmm. And it just is a fun, friendly atmosphere and very constructive. Not all writing groups are that way. Right. So a writing group, I think, can just make such a difference in your writing. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I ever told anybody else or, or Goldie this, but that was one of the inspirations for the show, why I didn't make this show genre-specific. I wanted to listen to romance thrillers horror uh you know get this oh you wrote a book great come on let's let's talk about it um because that experience with getting together each week and so we've got somebody writing a vampire story and then some you know a fantasy we've got all kinds of stuff from week to week yeah Yeah. memoirs yes scripts and i just I've, i've always loved the variety and when i got to thinking about this show i thought yeah, I'm going to continue that idea. I think that's people uh, everywhere will find something. Uh, maybe, maybe this week. Uh, this week, I think they're going to love your book. But you know, maybe uh, poetry. I had a couple a while back. Maybe they're not interested in that, but they want a thriller or uh, vice versa or something like that. And there's always something available for people to to find. And, and uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. This group has been incredible. And there's such a variety of levels of writing. Mm. Uh, there are people where I was when the group started that, you know, I didn't know very little really about writing. And and now I have a book published. And, and there's others in the group today that are just beginning. And they're going through some of the same pain that I went through. <laughs> but it's worth it. It's worth it. I can't, um, I just can't even explain the pride that I, my family has for me. <laughs> doing something like this. You know, my background growing up, my family was extremely poor. Not one person in my family graduated from college until I did. That Mm. includes cousins and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters. And I didn't graduate from college until I was in my 30s. So 
to now have a book published is like putting, you know, putting stars in their eyes. <laughs> so that makes me feel good that, that that's at least a small legacy that, that I can leave for my family. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, where can people find and follow you online? Well, of course, I'm on Facebook uh, and I'm on Twitter. My books are available on Amazon. Uh, they are available ebook, uh, paperback, and um, if on Kindle Unlimited. Mm-hmm. I have some available on hand. <laughs> <laughs> they are also available in uh, some of the local libraries. And hope I'm actually knocking on more library doors every day to to get my book in there. And I've, I'm beginning to find that if you just ask the question then you might get your book in the library. <laughs> and I, I thought we were talking about that before before we began the show. I thought that was fantastic that, that something you're helping promote with the other authors is go to the library and ask for these books. And, uh, you know, there, there's, you know, listeners, there's there's a new book on this show every week, and some of them are bestsellers and some of them are, are not yet. But if you find one and maybe you don't want to order it yet on Amazon, go to your library and request it. And, uh, you know, they'll bring it in. So that way, not just yourself can find this book, but other people can as well. And, and I thought that was really wonderful when you when you mentioned that. That was a, a great idea. Well, I'm always kind of a supporter of the folks who are, and, I, and this probably comes from my background, is that I'm always a supporter for the folks who maybe don't have much money. And the library is their source for reading material. Mm. People who don't are on low income or handicapped, or they can get the ebook free. Mm. They can get the paper book free. They can get an audiobook free. The author also gets some income from those mm-hmm. books in the library. But if those low income folks don't have access, to the books that are self-published, then they're missing out. Yeah. And 25% of the top 1,000 ebooks were self-published. Wow. So 25% of the available market may be being left out of your mm-hmm. local library. So if you, as a reader or an author, go to your library and request the book, then that encourages them mm-hmm. to put it in their collection. Helps everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I have nothing more to add to that. <laughs> that was very well said, and I completely and totally agree with that. So, Nor, thank you so much for coming and meeting me today. That is, I love getting to – I so rarely get to do an in-person interview anymore until Dan a couple weeks ago and then now with you. With you. And I, I just love this so much, and uh, thank you so much for being on the show. It's my pleasure. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have links to uh, Nora's uh, Facebook and Twitter in the uh, show notes. So make sure you click on there. Don't forget to get to your local library and request her book or, uh, or you, can, you know, you can go order one as well. If you're following her on Facebook and Twitter, you're going to see when she talks about uh, that she's at an event. So you can go and get uh, get a copy of it for yourself. She'll sign it and maybe even take a picture with you. I see that once in a while. So, but uh, anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to shut up and it's time for me to step aside. We're going to listen to Nora Wolfenbarger reading from The Promise. Thank you. First, I'm going to read from the cover. Someone is killing organ transplant survivors. As a boy, Silas Albert made a promise to fulfill the strange deathbed request of his grandpa. 
give the house of Audrey a heart. The problem was the decrepit old warehouse barely had bones, let alone a heart. Today, Silas is chief detective of Kansas City's homicide unit. Under his guidance, the house of Audrey has been transformed into a unique shelter for abused women, fortified with a supercomputer named Bertha and an interesting group of ladies called the Blackbirds. Silas has no idea how strong of a heartbeat the House of Audrey has now until he teams up with the Blackbirds to take on a serial killer who has a deadly grudge against transplant survivors. Will Silas and the Blackbirds be able to stop a killer who wants to rip away a person's second chance at life? 1988. Grandpa. Don't die. Breath wheezed in and out of the old man's smoke-ruined lungs. Twelve-year-old Silas Albert shifted from foot to foot. This man who had taught Silas to bait a hook, sort truth from lies, and how to appreciate the value of a dollar, was suffering. And Silas didn't know what to do. Come closer, Silas. I don't have many words left. Silas forced his rubbery legs to carry him deeper into the sick room. He'd been here many times but his grandfather had only been sick then. The acidic smell signaled something new, something worse. Water flooded Silas's mouth. He swallowed again and again. I won't let him see me hurl. The puke urge passed, and Silas willed himself across the floor. He perched on the edge of the bed. Don't say that, Grandpa. We haven't caught the biggest catfish in Missouri yet. A smile flickered on the old man's face softening the ridges of his wrinkles. You're a good boy, Silas. The papery thin eyelids drifted shut. Silas's heart crashed against his ribcage. Grandpa, wake up. He shifted and the mattress bounced. The eyelids flew open, the room silent except for his grandfather's ragged breathing. Beyond the door, a cat meowed. You take care of those you love, don't you, Silas? Silas picked at a loose thread on his shirt glanced toward the darkened windows and then to the closed bedroom door. Don't be scared, boy. The old man's gaze held his. The once piercing brown eyes faded and weak. Silas squared his shoulders. I'm not afraid, Grandpa. That's better. Now listen to me. His grandfather paused for a breath. Remember the warehouse in the West Bottoms? Where you let me run the freight elevator? His grandpa's chin lifted a fraction. We found a black bear there with a broken wing. You helped me make a splint. Silas searched for words to keep his grandfather talking and alive. She hatched six babies. The black snake tried to eat them, but she pecked his eyes. That's right. Your sister named the mama bird. A spell of coughing ended in a froth of red spattering the old man's lips. Audrey. Silas nodded. He dug deep and resisted turning away. Little remained of the brave firefighter and the shrewd investor his grandfather had been. We named the warehouse the House of Audrey after that blackbird. Silas busied his hands, tucking the quilt around his grandfather's shoulders. Remember, you said it stood for the House of Noble Strength. We still need to hang the sign you made. You'll have to hang it for me. When I'm gone, that building will be yours. A gasp, dry as the desert wind, snatched at the old man's words. Make me promise. Can you do that? I'll try. Give the house of Audrey a heart. But how? 
Buildings don't have hearts. Find a way. A frail hand roadmap with the raised blue rivers of a long life found Silas's smaller one. Promise. Silas choked back a sob. I promise. The faded brown eyes brightened. Silas's pledge appeared to have boosted Grandpa's strength. I'm leaving you and your sister a little money as well. Use it wisely. Grandpa's voice rang clear and strong. He smiled as though satisfied he'd closed another great business deal. Now, give me a hug and tell your parents I want to see them. That was the last time Silas saw his grandfather alive. A week later, the family lawyer came to visit. Silas found out his grandfather was a shrewd businessman indeed. A little money turned out to be $10 million. 2019. 150 miles east of Kansas City, Carla Beecham cowered in the corner of her candlelit dining room. Gravity dragged blood from a split lip down her chin. The back of her skull throbbed in the fashion of a dozen vast drums. She touched the lump, her fingers coming away sticky. The police would find a good-sized piece of her scalp on the cabinet door handle. She'd be dead by then. Her husband moved in again. A mirthless grin showcased his perfect whitened teeth. He tipped his face down as if he intended to kiss her. Carla shielded her head with her arms. Stop. I'm begging you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I won't do it again. She had no idea what she'd done to set him off this time. Hot breath fanned her skin as his vile laughter filled the room. You don't look sorry enough. Not yet. Russell's fist slammed her ribs. She buckled and fell to the floor. Moans burst from deep in her throat. A vicious kick landed the toe of his handmade Italian shoe in the pit of her stomach. Fiery pain exploded through her body. Vomit squirted from her mouth. She rolled on her side and pulled her knees to her chin. He moved again, and she peeked to see if he was picking up the gun from the table where he'd left it earlier. Instead, her husband picked up a plate of food from the cherry dining room table. You expect me to eat this, he screamed, dumping the contents on her head. So, today, the food was the problem. She expected the plate to slam into her skull next. Instead, he stroked the fine bone china as though seeing it for the first time, then carefully returned it to the table. Of course, Russell Bisham III wouldn't break a piece of his mother's precious wedgewood. A cool draft touched Carla's skin. The candle flames flickered as the table she'd so carefully set for her husband spun. She squinted her one eye, her one open eye, to settle the rotation. A gasp burst from her throat as three human figures slipped out of the shadows. Masked and clad in skin-tight black clothing, they glided soundlessly toward her. For a moment, hope of help rose in Carla's chest and then faltered. Was she so confused from her injuries and so desperate to escape Russell's battering that she imagined a rescue? Her heart filled with despair. With her luck, Russell had arranged a new and horrific way for her to die. At her husband's direction, guns, knives, or a taser would appear from the multiple pockets and holsters worn by his henchmen. Or these were black angels, and she was already dead. The devil's helpers here assigned to throw her into hell. The lead figure broke the silence. Carla? The sound was low, throaty, and clearly female. Carla whispered, Am I dead? Her husband spun toward the stranger's voice, slack-jawed. 
Who are you? How dare you break into my home? His eyes turned deadly. Do you know who I am? Battle-ready, the fighters created a human wall between Carla and her husband. You are nobody when you abuse another. Defiance in a soft falsetto exposed a don't-mess-with-me attitude and a second woman. Carla struggled to raise herself to one elbow. Her muddled brain attempted to sort good from bad. She wasn't dead. The pain was too great. Good. These women dared to stand between her husband's fists and her. Another good. Help me, she begged. We will, the second woman replied. No, you won't, Russell Beecham's voice was cool and controlled. My wife had an accident, that's all. Abuse is no accident. The outline of the third warrior wobbled in Carla's vision. Even with only one good eye, she recognized curves that men didn't have. Russell raised a hand, a gun held tight in his grip. Maybe not. Neither is breaking and entering. You just gave me the excuse I needed to get rid of this worthless cow. Here's tomorrow's news. Man protecting his home from intruders kills his wife by accident. Sad. Oh, I almost forgot. The burglars were killed as well. Not this time. Gloved in black leather, a hand snuffed out the candles. Carla cradled her ribs and curled into the fetal position, anticipating a gunshot. Her heart pounded, the scrape of leather across the floor, thuds followed by a grunt of pain, and the overhead light switched on. Carla blinked. Her husband lay on the hardwood floor, bound and gagged. A breath of time passed. Her abuser's eyes bulged. He bucked and twisted, but the restraints held. The wood beneath Carla's body vibrated with his rage. A warrior knelt at her side. I'm sorry we didn't get here sooner, the woman said. Where are you hurt? How did you know I needed help? Carla gasped through the pain racking her body. Someone who cared called a hotline. And there you have it. Nora Wolfenbarger reading a sample chapter, actually a little more than, than one chapter, <laughs> from her debut book, The Promise. It is available right now on Amazon and Kindle Unlimited. Click the links in the show notes for her book and where to follow her on social media. Don't forget to also click the links for our friends and sponsors alike. And don't forget to tune in so that next week you don't miss out when we come back with a new author, a new book, and a new sample chapter. Hey, let me know if you're interested in winning a prize. Lots of great prizes going on right now. Sign up today and we'll see you again real, real soon. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. <laughs>